0: festive mood because we're coming up to the holidays but also it's the St. Louis International Film Festival which always puts us in a good mood. We have got lots to talk about today, not necessarily new releases, but we're going to talk a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So we have a special guest today just in time for the Sliff preview
1: review. Hello. Hi Tom.
0: Hello. Tom Stockman is our guest today and he's been with us before. And he does a lot of interviews for Sliff.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, we are movie geeks.
2: Yeah, clear my calendar for this time of the year. Thank you. Year. It's the 10th year I've been covering Sliff.
1: We're going to talk to our guest Tom Stockman in a second. We're going to talk last Christmas coming up next. Around minute 12 we'll talk a marriage story. Around minute 23 we'll talk about the report. Around minute 32 we'll talk about the new DVDs and release. Around minute 35 the Twilight Zone Fathom event. Around minute 36 we'll talk about Sliff. All things Sliff. Around minute 46 the Muni 2020 season has been announced and around minute 57 what's coming up next week.
0: Uh Aha. And he and I which we'll get to later we are both introducing a golden anniversary movie. That's
3: right.
1: Tom, can you give everyone where you can be found online?
2: Uh, I can be found at wearemoviegeeks.com. Perfect. Simple enough.
1: All right. My name's Carl Middleman. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern and Instagram. I am a on KTRS and KFTK and KMOX, I'm everywhere. You can find me if you need to find me. I'm able to be found.
0: And we have a real times trio podcast page on Facebook. What? So yes, and we're on OnSTL.com.
1: dot com. So hmm. I was doing a sleep study, therefore I missed Doctor Sleep.
0: <laughs> Which is ironic. ironic. Ironic.
1: And then uh, I, my daughter really did not want to see Playing with Fire because. Um, she's a teenager now mm-hmm. and does not care about these John Cena kids' movies. I which, heard it's pretty bad. But Lynn did see the big, sappy rom-com release, Last Christmas, featuring George Mike. My- Is Andrew Ridgely in the movie?
0: No, but he's thanked.
1: Okay, because it's based on the Wham! song, Last Christmas, which has been covered like a million times by everyone in the world. In fact, there's an internet channel where Last Christmas is played over and over, never by the same artist in one day.
2: Well, it sounds like hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not what you think at all by the advertising. The advertising is one of those bait and switch. That's why Kevin Brackett's thing about not seeing previews is actually pretty legit because it's not at all...
1: It's uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. And, and Henry, Henry Golding. Golding
0: from uh Crazy Rich Asians. And they are pleasant. Uh it's a
1: vi- I can't see. And Emma much. Thompson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the deal. I, I asked somebody I asked somebody last night at the report if someone died and they all just shut up. And oh. so I'm like, Oh no. Uh, uh, Without saying anything.
0: Yeah, you can't because it's a big reveal and it's sort of the end and I would ruin the whole movie for people so I can't. Well, that's okay. I have no intention of Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I'm not real spoilers and also this is one of those where you know how they keep telling us now not to spoil movies right. for people. Mm-hmm. So but, but is, say, is that
1: why they've been misrepresenting this movie?
0: I think so because they want you to go. Ugh. Okay, so I thought it was going to be like a cute little English love story because I'm a sucker for... I I don't watch the ha- Hallmark Channel movies. Or Lifetime? I, no, and I'll tell you why. Because f- that is f- our romantic. big year-end review thing. And I'm concentrating on all the year-end review movies. Uh-huh. And right now, I'm on the doc jury for Sliff. And I'm also voting uh, for documentaries for the Broadcast Film Critics Awards. And that ballot is due tonight. Okay. So... I've been ensconced in docks. But anyway,
1: the holiday so, movies. So you've, you're, they,
0: that's not your deal? No, it's not my deal. Although I do try to watch It's a Wonderful Life every year because that's wonderful.
2: But that is well, also a dark movie. Let me interrupt. I am showing a 16-millimeter print of It's a Wonderful Life. <gasps> Full yeah. version? December 3rd. Yeah, it's an uncut print that my friend Roger Burke owns. will be showing that December 3rd at the Way Out Club starting at 7 o'clock.
0: Okay, good for good for you. Yeah. Uh, it's Joe Williams' favorite movie. And mm-hmm. so after he died, they put it on at the... The Tivoli and had a memorial service, mm-hmm, and there. and I was there and I spoke for in mm-hmm. for the uh, St. Louis Film Critics, and I announced that we were going to change our uh, documentary award to the Joe Williams Award. Mm. Because the narrative is now the Joe Pollock Award. Mm-hmm. For I am Swiss on that case. jury as well. Yes. So Tom and I have been ensconced in docks. But Anyway, getting back to- So hold on. December 3rd, that's a Tuesday night. That's a Tuesday night. Yeah. night. So At the quiet. Way Out Club. Yeah. Free. Get, um, so getting back to last Christmas. Okay, I read about this as the, in, in uh, Entertainment Weekly- about the fall preview and I was intrigued because Paul Fig is mm-hmm. the director who did Bridesmaids
1: Freaks and Geeks with uh Judd Apatow.
2: Wow,
0: And Spy mm-hmm.
2: and uh he didn't do the boy didn't you do the boy in the striped pajamas?
1: I think you right. I really did.
0: Oh man. Okay, so this movie is darker than you think. Really? Yes. And Emma Thompson wrote the screenplay. And Uh-oh. before George Michael died, uh he helped he met with her yes and he helped formulate the plot and everything they do play Last Christmas in a variety of ways Amelia Clark works at a all year long, Christmas shop called Yuletide, oh. and Michelle Yeoh is her boss. Okay, and it's just as cute and kitschy as you think it's going to be. And they have these little monkeys that that sing uh last. Oh, you Christmas. show you
1: <laughs> they show her punching one or something yeah, like that. In that yeah, trailer. and so
0: it's just it's just so cute. And Amelia Clark is just a mess as a, she's a hot mess as a young woman, and so she can't find love. So she. She uh, doesn't like any of this, but there's a there's a reason behind her story. Her family, which Emma Thompson is her mom, mm-hmm. and and uh, she
1: calls herself an alcoholic. That she is she an alcoholic? Or does her mother think she's an alcoholic? Her
0: mother thinks she's an alcoholic because she drinks too much. Oh, but she's well, then she, then that, she doesn't really she... <laughs> want to live with her parents, so she's always spending the night. She's couch surfing. and some of that involves one-night Sleeping around. So she
1: needs a place to stay, so she'll sleep with the people. So this is not a children's movie. No, not a children's movie at all. Just like Love Actually is not a children's movie. Yes. So these British have these very – they have these Christmas movies – that are not for children and everyone's oh love actually oh it's uh, let's let me show my kids oh wait no don't show them what your kids love actually
0: yeah no well london does look beautiful and lit up and everything and uh
1: yeah but london ha- in december is not beautiful
0: <laughs> no and uh it's- but they they try okay and so uh they, they show some probably made up uh, Id- uh idil- you know idyllic uh, little alleys and mm-hmm. businesses and stuff so uh Emma Thompson uh, and her husband they came to London from Yugoslavia okay so Amelia Clark's really Yugoslavian <gasps> her name is not really Kate it's Katarina and she has a sister and the sister hates they have a horrible sibling relationship Who's the so sister? it's all this dysfunctional nobody that you would nobody have. I've ever heard yeah of. it's it's this just functional family and so she doesn't want to be there anyway henry golding is a sweet guy on a bicycle and he volunteers at a homeless shelter and so when he's she the great says, guy. She, when she says that she doesn't have house? a place to stay he takes her to the homeless shelter and oh, she looks boy. at him like this isn't what
1: I... No, I wanted, I I wanted to eat. sleep with you so I could have a bed. So anyway... So he's a sweet guy.
0: Yeah, and she actually starts helping at the homeless shelter, and she's a singer.
1: Amelia Clark can sing? Yeah. Is that unless unless her singing dubbed, during the, the commercial for the movie? It could be, uh. unless
0: she's uh, dubbed. But uh, mm, so she, she actually... Um, Helps. And then she decides she's going to sing on the street and raise money for the homeless shelter.
1: Oh, rather than have a place yeah. to live? <laughs> she goes back home. Oh.
0: And she has to endure her mother yelling at her and stuff. So, okay. And her sister telling her. And then there's a big twist. Is. One
1: of them's going to die.
0: And so, um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, it's uh, not what you think, but it ends on a really happy note with all the homeless people singing uh, Christmas carols at this last benefit Christmas? show and Last Christmas. Do they sing Last Christmas? They do sing this Last sounds Christmas. sounds really sweet and this, precious
2: and sickening. Well,
0: you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, it's but it's like a, it. a it's a lot darker and sadder than you think.
2: Oh. But, so, but a lot of Christmas movies are that yeah, way.
0: I yeah, think, well, look at a
1: Christmas carol.
0: Poor little r- tiny tea. Tin. I think I'd rather
2: go see Rambo a third time. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) did you see the
1: um, sixth rambo
2: (laughs) i saw it twice loved it it's one of my favorite movies of the year good it's also the most violent movie of the year violent more violent than any horror movie i've seen this year really because people
1: i was just talking with our friend ron stevens about this and i said said, he was talking he saw joker this week and he Mm -hmm. said it's really violent i said actually there are only two really violent scenes in joker and he said Yeah, but they stick with you.
2: Yeah, it has a a violent atmosphere. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the
0: whole Gotham City mythology. This is what I tell Mm -hmm. people when they go. I go. This is the Gotham
1: City mythology. But then again, I read a story that since so much of it is uh, unbelievable, and he's a he's a bad narrator, he's a he's a bad. a bad storyteller. Because yeah, what do
0: they call that? Oh, an unreliable, unreliable narrator. Yes, an un- yes. unreliable
1: narrator. And he, you don't know if any of that is true. You don't know whether he, the second major act of violence, you don't know if that's true because at the end of the film, he's in he's an Arkham. So you don't know if anything from point A that you know that he's an unreliable na- narrator to B, the end, is true. You're so right. you don't know that. So... He, I do do think that when he the first act of violence in his apartment, I think that actually happened.
0: Yes. Well, this week was one of those weeks where we had the um, we had the opening and the closing films of Sliff to watch uh, because we are, you know, Netflix is Marriage Mm -hmm. Story and Amazon Amazon is The Report. So we basically had the Adam Driver double feature. We are not bound by embargo.
1: Because they are streaming.
0: And uh, although Marriage Story premiered last night at the Film Fest, so mm. you can't see it now, the report is the final movie uh, closing night, November 17th. So, And Adam they...
1: Driver stars in both of them. And Scarlett Johansson stars with him in Marriage Story. And then she also is in Jojo Rabbit right now,
0: right. And then he will be in Star Wars, his third, uh, his third go as Kylo Ren. Kylo
1: Ren. But she was also in this little movie called Endgame this year. So she's actually, so they're both going to be in the top two moneymakers of the year, right.
0: And also he was in he was in a couple
1: other. He films was in the horrible Jim Jarmusch. Yes.
2: Uh, zombie uh, movie yeah. yeah the dead don't die dead don't die and she was naked and under the skin
1: yes yeah, she was she was an alien and she yeah, was uh, which trying is to...
2: really a creepy movie yes yeah, but... really really um, bizarre which
1: would you like to talk about tom saw the first half of marriage story and it was a little it's very i wasn't real.
2: feeling well i was there monday morning for the screening and i wasn't feeling well the movie i wasn't enjoying so i got up and left is, if i'd been if... feeling better i would have stayed and if the movie would have been better, maybe I would have been inspired to stay. But I wasn't enjoying the movie, and I wasn't feeling well. Well, let's
1: con- let's continue to talk about Marriage Story. Yeah, it is a, a movie tough I will never watch again. I'll never yeah. watch that movie again. And, and there are things to like about Marriage Story. Which is not a marriage story. It is a marriage breakup story. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. I think uh, that they're probably on the short list for Oscar nominations. Yes. They're brilliant. Three of them are. It's an acting showcase. The supporting cast is really outstanding. And the story, Noah Baumbach, he did the movie Squid and the Whale, Mm -hmm. which is also a family breakup movie.
1: And he's also uh, dating, married Greta Gerwig. They're they're together.
2: Well, they made a couple of movies together. Yes. Mistress America and um, Francine Ha.
0: She became his muse while he was married to Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yes. And so I don't know where that stands (laughs) or anything, but I'm sure it was personal.
1: he He is still with Greta. Yeah.
2: And Greta's a lot younger than Jennifer. Yes.
0: Yes. And I don't know about children or anything, but he certainly... Uh, Hit some raw and real notes as um, I've been divorced since 1995. I just
2: got out of a 23-year marriage, so it wasn't really something I wanted to see either. Yeah,
0: it's very hard to Well, for me, it's not, you know, I got divorced in 1995, so there's a long time there. But it brought it all back, and what really stuck with me was how once the lawyers get involved, it's cold transaction. And mean. And very ugly. Yes. And that happens no matter what. Like when I said to people, Oh, well I'm just gonna do this and then you go they go,
1: No you're not. Mm. Here's no, what we're
0: going. Once do. the lawyers get involved, it's very different and then it gets just really Bitter. horrible and you just want it over and you're just really glad they changed the law in uh, St. Clair County, where you didn't have to show up.
2: You could just, if it was Some just lawyer. cut and dry. It varies state to state. Yeah, and, and that was the first is year. is pretty cut and dry.
0: You do have to go through um, one of those children first classes. Mm-hmm. Good. And things like that. But anyway, it just spoke to me as how real it was and how raw, and uh, the performance of Adam Driver is particularly brilliant. And
1: Laura Dern yeah. is a bitch, and you will hate Laura Dern. Oh man, she is out for blood, and I she like, plays the, her divorce attorney. And she just wants to win. Mm-hmm.
0: She just wants to kill. She wants to win. <laughs> Ray Liotta is hilarious, and
1: so is Adam uh, uh, Alan Alda.
0: Yes, oh, I didn't see Alan Alda. You yes. Got well, out of Yes, well, you that. probably left before. I left, I left and, almost then, exactly and then, exactly in the middle, mm-hmm. Julie Haggerty, you? Yeah, who was so delightful in Airplane and mm-hmm. Lost in America? Yeah. She plays Scarlett Johansson's mother. mother. And she says she's sixty-four in the movie, so that's my age. So <laughs> she I, looks great. She Julie, does. Julie like, Harris.
1: Remember in airplane, she was just like a waif. Now yeah. she has like grown into a woman.
0: But she's still hilarious. She still has that timing. And that's so And that perfect. flighty airiness. <laughs> yeah. And
1: she she's friends with all of her children's exes.
0: I know. Which is another thing too is because when you break up. You have. You break up with the family and you you break break up up with with your friends. And your friends. And Larry David did a whole Curb Your Enthusiasm about who gets the friends. Right. And it's. Yeah, but Larry didn't have
1: any friends on Curb Your Enthusiasm.
0: (laughs) So Cheryl's friends had to be his friends. Right. But uh, with the family, particularly, like my mother was just heartbroken.
1: Because Because, she was friends with your
0: ex. Yeah, and she liked that whole side of it, which I liked. We still kept in touch. They're all my Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's weird. It's just a weird dynamic.
1: Well, I would say that each of them have their own scene, and then they have one scene together that is just heartbreaking, and it's an acting tour de force. That one scene where they're both together in his brand-new apartment is probably the best scene in the movie but it is a horrible horrible scene and i would not wish anyone to see it
0: i know i wonder how many takes they had to do because it's just devastating well and afterwards and they know because once you say things you can't take it back right and that's what they discover because they just let it all out and then it's gone it's too late
1: and she has a scene that is done in one take in Laura Dern's office that is really well done. And then at the end of the movie, he has a scene that is done in one take in a bar. And it's is—it's probably your favorite scene of the movie.
0: It's one of them. Yeah, yeah, because he sings Being Alive by Sondheim from Company, which is... But it's
1: all one take. There's no cuts, and they each have their own. And actually, at the beginning of the movie, hers, and at the end of the movie, his. And so they've both come to an understanding. It is... uh, It is a hard watch.
0: Yes, and they have a cute little kid who was the boy in Juliet Naked, Ethan Hawke's son. Okay. And he's been in quite a few movies uh, because I thought, this kid looks so familiar. Where have I seen him? So if you saw Juliet Naked, which is a really good rom-com, he is uh, Ethan Hawke's little boy. And... uh, uh, he's he's uh, heartbreaking as well because, you know, it shows the give and take of the parents and the custodial thing and everything that everybody goes through in the beginning. You
1: feel sorry for both characters, which is rare in one of these divorces. Yes. Like Kramer versus Kramer, you felt bad for Dustin Hoffman. You didn't hear anything about Meryl Streep's side of the story. Right. In this one, you have empathy for both characters because you see where both of them are coming from.
0: Right, and they both are okay. So he is a he's, he's a, New Yorker. a New York theater dude, director, director, and she's been in his shadow, but she wants to emerge. Well, she was an actress, t-
1: right? She was an actress. She, she's an LA girl, and she did like a she's all that kind of comedy where yeah, she sh- flashes. A teen comedy, yeah. yeah, she flashes, and she became famous, but she wanted to do real work, so she went to go do theater, which a lot of actors do. Right, and then she was his muse for a long time. And then she never wanted to really be a New York person. She wanted to go back to LA. And so some TV pilot calls her up and she says, well, we're going to move to LA. And she takes her son with them, and she takes her son with her and then files for divorce while she's in LA because it's easier to do it in LA than it would be in New York. But that wasn't her intention. It's someone says, go see a lawyer. And then the lawyer pounces.
0: Yeah, and it's not pretty. So I just think it's so raw and real. I don't know the commercial appeal of this movie. No, because
1: it's a tough watch. It's probably good on Netflix. That's mm-hmm. why
0: Netflix uh, is the
1: perfect venue for
2: it. I don't think any of Bumbucks films have really been box office. Well, no, yeah, no matter, Squid, no, no Squid and the Whale,
1: in. but that was still Oscar nominated. Right. Because yeah. I don't. I think this will not get nominated for story, uh, but or even direction. I think it. I don't know. It might be script. Cinema t- cinematography. And mm, I don't and see it. and acting, maybe acting, depends acting, how, acting. Um, the, the Gotham
0: awards—it's like out. got a ton of nominations. It's yeah, fun but, to see the less, contrast. Less less
1: of the movie takes place in New York. Most of it takes place in L.A. I
0: know, but Gotham is just indie movies, and okay. just. Mm. But it's. Got I thought a lot they of had
1: it. to have a New York tie. I thought I thought that was a thing.
0: Well, I guess technically, it I is. mean, half of
1: the uh, I'd say a quarter of the movie. T- I'd say most of it takes place in L.A.
0: I think it's interesting that Noah Bombeck picked two songs from Company, because the girls sing one, mm-hmm. and then Adam Driver. But his is brilliant, and also that's a really hard song to sing. And Company was the breakout theater uh, Sondheim. musical for Sondheim, and it was so different, but it was about modern relationships. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Noah Bombeck uses that is interesting to me. But also, who knew Adam
1: Driver could sing? I but, did. It was in... uh, uh, Llewellyn Davis. uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis. He is actually the best thing in that movie. I hate that movie. But his scene where he sings the Spaceman song, that is the best part of the film.
0: Yeah, that's when he was just on Girls. And he was just breaking out. You know, because people... Like last night, Ray Hartman asked me, was he on Girls? (laughs) Because if you don't know who Adam Driver is, if you only know him as Kylo Ren... Dan,
1: Dan Buffa and I, Danny and I were talking last night... Which is a better year for Adam Driver? Is it 2015, where he breaks out doing uh, Kylo Ren, and at in Force Awakens because he had Force Awakens, he had. Patterson. I'm sorry.
2: Patterson. Patterson, Patterson he had
1: Patterson, and he had girls, and he had uh, in inside Lewin Davis. Mm. So that's a that was a breakout year for him. Or is it this year where he's got Star Wars again? He's got this movie, and he's got the report.
2: Well, he had his
0: Oscar nom last year, yeah, right Oscar for now, Black, for Klansman. Black Klansman. What was the year he was in Midnight Special? Because he plays the FBI guy in Midnight Special.
1: Well, I think that was in between all of that. I don't really yeah, remember Midnight Special.
0: that's a good movie, which totally went through the cracks.
1: So well, it's good. It's good, but i I don't recommend it to. I don't recommend seeing it. It's it's well, hard to watch. are into that kind
0: of thing? Yeah, some people torture
2: porn. It's not yeah. for everybody. It's not mainstream.
0: Yeah, no. Well, neither is the report. The report. Okay, well, let's is,
1: well, let's switch to that. Yeah, let's.
2: Let's hear about that one. Did you guys both see that? We, we did. did. We both
1: saw it last night. Okay, so we want, we're going from Amazon to Netflix. Or Netflix, Amazon. Netflix, I Amazon. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's going to be on Amazon Prime uh, in December. It is the story. They everything's redacted, so it's called the report. But on screen, it's the torture report, and they redact the word torture.
2: Uh, it's like they did in the opening credits of Godzilla. Did they, oh yes, yeah, and I so it is
0: based on Dan Jones's account of uh, he's an FBI dude that was. Uh, hired by Diane Feinstein. Played uh, Feinstein, Sen- played Feinstein. by Annette Benning. And uh, it's about uh, when, after 9 11, how we tortured Abu Ghraib
1: and all of those. The enhanced uh, interrogation. The interrogation techniques done by two guys that had no idea how to interrogate people. They were scam artists and they got away with $80 million and tortured 119 people. And some people died. And they got zero intel from all of the enhanced interrogation techniques, EITs as they called them.
0: And so Adam Driver, as Daniel Jones, is uncovering this, and he's appalled, and uh, so is the Senate. But, uh, and the so near- is the
1: CIA, and, the, and so they, is the <laughs> FBI. Everyone is upset about it, but the CIA does not want to take – the blame for this, they want to keep passing it on and saying, "Hey, this was authorized. This is all in uh, national security advice, and this is why we did it." And there, there is an argument for that, but that this movie does not take that argument.
0: It's pretty much bungled, and uh, it'll it'll make you mad. But also, I think it's pretty even-handed. It makes the I don't CIA know look that. bad. It does make the CIA look bad, very but bad, you, if, especially Brennan.
1: You know who would love this movie? President Donald J. Trump. He would love this movie because not only does it take a crap on the Bush administration, but it also takes a crap on the Obama administration. It is not nice to either... That's w said it was, or Obama. That's why
0: I said it was even-handed because it's not really a partisan thing. The
2: president would love this movie because— I don't think the president—Trump goes to movies, though. I don't think he watches movies. I don't movies.
0: think he goes to anything because uh, the he new book— TV He watches
2: TV. Yeah. He said an interview that his favorite movie of all time was The Good and the Bad and the Ugly and that his favorite movie star of all time was Clint Eastwood, which is sort of a generic manly answer. Answer. But, yes, but well, I would say I just, that yeah. but if
1: you okay say say you're a fan of Donald Trump you will like this movie and if you and if you like what he says you will like this movie because one it 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 says that there is a deep state that this that this movie proves or says that the deep state does exist it also says that both Republicans and Democrats had a hand in making this horrible which also is true because there is a 7,000-page report that only 400 pages have seen the light of day.
0: Right. But I think he's all about blaming the Democrats, so he wouldn't like that it was so— No,
1: but he doesn't like George Bush either, so he would go after them too. And there are a lot of uh, Republicans that were against this. John McCain was against it. Lindsey Graham was against it. And so—
0: It makes McCain look really
2: good.
1: Well, because what he says is that. Well, at the then the end. president might not like it. Yeah, that's why
0: I'm thinking. I don't think he would. Maybe, maybe
2: McCain's 108 year old mother will go see it.
0: I think that, <laughs> uh, um, according to the new book, a Warning, uh, that uh, he doesn't read, and
1: you have to have. Things. but but see if he if he wanted to know how the cia was he could see he could watch this movie oh and yeah
0: because he's got it got it in for them and the
2: fbi and everything sounds so. like another movie that's not going to do very well Well,
1: it's, no, not quite, it's, it's not going it's it's not. along the vein of the post last year and vice last year yeah. so it has a slant
2: well does it have the humor of vice though no, no absolutely no not humor. no it is it's, ve- it's very yeah. the post
0: it's very uh yeah. it's very humorless it's kind of it's,
1: like vice and the post put together
0: right it's very procedural adam driver's all serious you don't know anything about this guy personally well you it's figure just,
1: out, you find out at the beginning that he used to have a relationship and then for the last six years he's been doing that
0: he was consumed with this report and he's basically in a room for hours on end uh it has digging a l- through these a of good yeah. actors too it's it took a really dense topic and made it and it was... A, Understandable. It
1: was... it, And it flashes back to 2001. It goes all the way back to 2001. And then it... Time jumps and has everything from 2001 all the way to 2000 and I think one... I want to say 15.
2: Who directed this
0: film? Scott Z. Burns. Oh. I don't know who he is. Yeah. All right. I needed to look that up. But I do think it's pretty complex and uh, it, it'll be fascinating for people who like history, like current events, like things that happened, uh, the 9-11. Uh, it, it, you got to take it into context how we were after that. And...
2: Um, There's some good uh, car chases and shootouts? No. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say but, they, but they, they the actors,
1: there are so many actors from television that, in fact, I, I was talking to Dan. I'm like, Dan, I know who that guy is. He's only in it for a couple of scenes. He was on... He was on Spin City. He played Michael J. Fox's little assistant, and he works for the CIA, and he's the one that's showing Adam drive around, and it bothered me forever. I had to do a Google search in the middle of the movie because it was bothering me so much. And then you have Ted Levine from Silence of the Lambs and Monk. He plays the CIA director. Um, John Brennan. Brennan,
0: yeah, and John Hamm's in it. He plays McDonough, uh-huh. who was one I'm of the I think it's John Obama's Hamm's role? Because step. I notice
2: when they're promoting it here in this book, it's just like this huge picture he, of John Hamm. I'm like, well, he's, he is, he's a minor he's, role. He, but
1: he's all over it. He's at the beginning. He's at the end. He's in a little bit. Um, uh, Mr. Burns uh, was—Mr. <laughs> Burns. Scott Z. Burns was a producer on An Inconvenient Truth. He also uh, wrote Contagion. And he wrote Side Effects and wrote Ball, Born Ultimatum.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, so he knows his political oh. intrigue.
1: He also wrote The Informant.
0: Oh, oh I saw okay. that with Matt uh, Damon. I did mm-hmm. not like that one The informant exclamation point no, yeah. I was disappointed in that But uh, he knows his way around political intrigue uh, So it closes the film festival uh, yes. n- November Morrison 17th
1: is in it Mara Attorney. Oh, oh, you hate Mara Attorney. Oh,
0: she is just all yeah, about the procedure Tivoli, Yes that's, you know, that's like, that Interestingly, it's like the, eight,
2: the closing night awards party Will not be at the um,
0: Je- Urban Chestnut? No,
2: it's at the Tivoli which what? I
0: don't know how that's going to be. How are you going to get all those people
2: in there? Know. A, I don't understand. I assume that. When, it, when, it, when it's time for the awards, everybody will go into the theater.
0: Yeah, well, the last year, those, those, those little room that little room at Urban Chestnut just was not conducive. Oh, it was to hot that. in there. And it was so crowded, and a lot of people had a stand, and yeah, it's just a little too much. But tiny the party room,
2: room was, was great there. Hmm.
0: Right, it's big. So, yeah. So, so that's so it's gonna that's going to be,
1: gonna be, th- be uh, next Saturday Sunday. night. No, right, su- no so next Sunday night. The well, seven, Sunday, The 17th. Uh, that, that's the party, but the but uh, the no, report is showing s- Saturday night it was, isn't. No?
2: If it's the uh, if it's, it's the uh, closing night, it's closing it's night, then it'll be Sunday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I was
0: confused. So here are the dates for the theater. I mean, because they're they're opening in theaters because of the awards, right? So we have. Uh, let's start with uh, the report Sunday opens at six o'clock at the. Oh, okay. okay. The report opens in Th- St. Louis theaters November twentieth and it will be on Amazon November 29th. Okay. Which is the Friday after Thanksgiving. Black Friday. And so then Marriage Story opens in St. Louis November 29th but will be streaming on December 6th. Okay. On Netflix just in time for the holidays. Ugh. And then uh, The Irishman which we've all seen no, too. No, I oh, will not
1: I'm seeing it Wednesday. Okay, that's right. Um, which you want to see on, uh, which I've been told you want to see on Netflix, so you can pause it and go to the bathroom. No, right. you do
2: not want to see it on Netflix for the first time. You want to see it on the big screen for the I first think time. it's a big screen Well, then can movie. you tell me when to go to the bathroom in the three and a
1: half hours? There's, I will
2: text you and tell you when you should go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, or, or, I, I, a or a I, diaper. we're a NASA-issued diaper. Yeah, I, diaper. I did, I did uh, go to the
0: film when they were, there were a couple driving scenes. Mm-hmm. When I went during the driving Okay. Scenes. So, it's
1: three and a half hours Yeah,
0: I did have to Because it was three and a half hours So um, uh, n- uh, that starts the Wednesday before Thanksgiving Right And then The it, biggest party night of the year But stay <laughs> home and watch
1: a Marty Scorsese movie
0: With your family mm-hmm. um, After you have the turkey uh, Was the trip? To, trip to fan Yeah And then <sighs> um, um, it opens in St. Louis theaters November 22nd
1: Okay Alright, so here's what's on the DVDs this week We have uh, The favorite of Mr. Dan Buffa Hobbs and Shaw uh,
2: Did you see it? I reviewed it And? But I think I gave it 2.5 out of 4 It was it's serviceable, mindless, But typical of that franchise Not Not the worst in the franchise Probably not the best
1: Okay. The Art of Racing in the Rain. I reviewed
2: that as well. That was god awful. That was one of the dullest <laughs> films of the year. So Kevin Costner, yeah, yeah, well he's yeah, he's narrating the dog's voice. I said earlier there was three movies this year that were narrated by dogs. There right. was the and Dog's you liked, journey, there you was liked the that dogs one. way home, and then there was this. This which was based on an acclaimed novel, and, and it was the worst of uh, the three.
1: that's uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. Is he yeah, a, he
2: plays a race car driver.
1: Okay. Yeah. Dull, dull, uh, scariest dull. to d- Scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, I, I did that. not do that. And
2: I, it was okay. I, you know, I took my fifteen year old, and she, you know, it's just it was aimed right at her. Mm-hmm. It has some really creepy, horrific moments in it. Uh, not the, real scary though. The
1: kitchen sucks. The Don't. kitchen's
2: one of the worst movies of the year as well. The kitchen is awful. Oh my god.
1: I, uh, I'm still mad about the kitchen. About
0: uh, I'm glad I didn't go. Uh, I'm really glad I didn't. It was horribly go. directed. That he's, was he's, one of those where, you know, it's yeah. after my class, so debate, is it worth...
2: It's, it was these not. three actresses, and did you see it?
1: I did. Tiffany Haddish, yeah. Melissa McCarthy. They all,
2: they all walk into a room together, and then they line up side by side so they can fill the wide screen. And then one <laughs> of them, I guess this is a spoiler, but... <laughs> ...killed. Yes. And I, I watched the movie. I, I couldn't tell you who killed... ...in that movie. It was so That scene was so poorly directed and yes. dark. It's like somebody runs into the room, and that... Gleason guy shoots the guy. Right. And he falls down dead and all of a sudden somebody else shoots. Oh,
1: it I was know. just dumb.
2: It was terrible. It was uh crazy.
1: and then Ophelia, I did not see that one. Tom? I'm
0: not even familiar with It did with not it. open in St. Louis. Oh. I have the D V D, but because it didn't open, I didn't watch it yet. Well,
1: and then also uh is this out on D V D? Good omens? That's an Amazon show. Yeah, that's why would the you series. why would you put that on Amazon why would you put that on D V D if it's it's uh it's John Hamm and Michael Shannon.
0: It's about the angels and the uh, the devil and
1: I I watched the whole thing it, I really enjoyed it okay. and then Yell and then we were talking about Kevin Coster Yellowstone season two is out too and
0: uh, Dan loves that yeah. show I haven't seen it yet so locally the Twilight Zone now that's
1: a fathom event
0: yes is a fathom event and that's next Thursday November fourteenth
1: six, six episodes remastered. And there is also going to be a Rod Serling documentary. Short mm-hmm. Documentary.
2: Well, I will not see that because that night thing was at an actual film festival. They're showing a movie from 1977 that you would like called Between the Lines, and it's about uh, underground newspapers and young journalists in Boston during the 1970s. And do you remember that movie? It had Jeff yes. Jeff Goldblum and John Heard oh, yeah. and Lindsay Krause. Is it? And is it Spotlight? It's no. It, it's not well, No. No. Of, no.
1: No, 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 no. But no. But Spotlight was like that's a real thing right. right but this
2: takes place a couple decades earlier it's like if Robert Altman had directed Spotlight or something well no um,
1: but I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is the Spotlight program in Boston has been around for decades oh. so they're just they just took the Spotlight program not, not the movie Spotlight oh. which is all about the Catholic priests and stuff yeah. but they just took the what the the investigative reporters and they just made a comedy about it.
2: Well, they were there were underground newspapers. Oh, it so was it, like, wasn't, it, was it wasn't like, it wasn't like a glowy kind of like yeah, as okay, got gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, like the Village Voice and our our friend Harper Barnes, who was a longtime critic here at the Post Dispatch and did a lot of other things for the Post Dispatch. The movie Between the Lines is based in part on his story. Really? Yes. So he will be there hosting this screening and he's going to talk about what the movie got right, what the movie got wrong. He's going to read part of his review. It would have been earlier in the 70s that Harper was on there. And Harper is one of the people that I interviewed for WeAreMovieGeeks.com. I'll probably put that interview up maybe Monday night. So how many people did you uh, interview for Uh, Sliff? About 12 so far. Any any up right now? Uh, Only three are up. Do you want me to talk about that now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're we're flowing right into it.
2: All right, before I talk about the, the Sliff interviews, I do want to talk about an interview I did with a guy named Josh Frank. And this was not for Sliff. This was for the Jewish Book Fair. And he wrote... Well, it's a complicated story, but it's all about Salvador Dali and his friendship with Harpo Marx. What Salvador Dali loved the Marx brothers because Salvador Dali was a surreal, surrealist painter, and he thought the they Marx were surrealist, surrealist objectified surrealism, mm-hmm. and especially Harpo. Yes. <clears throat> so Dali had uh, ma- had a friendship with Harpo. He would come out to Hollywood and visit with Harpo, and that, those guys would hang out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and famously, Mind blown. <laughs> Do- Dali gave Harpo a harp. But the strings were made out of barbed wire. Ooh! So Harpo sent Dolly this famous picture of himself playing this harp made out of barbed wire with, with his fingers all bandaged well, see, up. See, that's funny. So Salvador Dolly wrote this screenplay for the Marx Brothers, and it was called "Giraffes on Horseback Salad," and it was just crazy and surreal, and it, it very Dolly. Yeah, very dolly esque, and and Chico and and. Groucho were more businessmen. They were like, "There's no way we're gonna do this," and, and, and it, it wouldn't, in in the studio, it it was like, "No way." No it wasn't way. commercially viable, right? And, and and Dolly would have only been about. This was 1937, so Dolly wouldn't have had as much influence as he would have later. So and the Marx this,
1: Brothers wouldn't have, couldn't have just gotten away with that. No,
2: nah, it, it would have it would have been a fascinating project, but um, but anyways, this screenplay was thought lost for decades and decades. And this Josh Frank guy that I interviewed, he found a museum in France that had bought a bunch of uh, Dolly's papers, Mm -hmm. and sure enough, that screenplay was in there. So he had it translated into English, and he's turned it into a graphic novel. (gasps) And he's had a songwriter write songs, so he's turned into a graphic novel and a CD, and the songs are in the spirit. Now, the songs weren't written in 37, No. but they're written recently, and they're written in the spirit of the Marx Brothers, because there's always a couple of songs in right. Marx Brothers movies.
1: Because, because they needed huh? to make the movies long.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so... So he's going to speak, and he's going to—I'm not sure what he's going to do. He's going to speak at the Jewish Book Fair Monday at 1 o'clock, and I know that's over at the JCCA mm-hmm. over in Corps. The J. But really a fascinating interview and a really interesting story. I didn't know anything about this <laughs> giraffes on horseback salad. It's considered one of the great lost screenplays or one of the great movies that was never made.
1: Well, you know, if wow. they can uh, put James Dean in a movie, <clears> maybe <throat> they could put yeah. the Mark Spellers well, in Well, you know,
2: it, he— we even had this talk. He said, "He says it's like it's a ready, ready-made to go project for some animation studio. Right? I, I, that was the first thing a, I thought a of. Or Terry Gilliam or a Tim Burton type mm-hmm. could, could probably do this today. And I don't know uh, what they do with the Marx Brothers, but
3: that's
0: amazing. Yeah. That's what I love when you find stuff like this out. That's just so amazing.
1: Now, is the graphic novel ready to be purchased now?
2: Yeah, and he's going to have some copies for sale when he talks on at one o'clock on Monday, or you can probably order it on Amazon.com." Brad Schiff's like I know
0: getting an award at SLIF. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the,
2: you you know how they give out like mm-hmm. three or four awards. Yeah. But and there's no he, Lifetime Achievement Awards this year. Yeah. Maybe I don't they couldn't know, get yeah, anybody yeah. That, yeah, with a St. Louis connection.
0: Well, on Sunday at 1.30. At at what are you doing? St. Louis Public Library, I'm presenting Alice's Restaurant. It's go, We're going to talk about what it meant 50 years ago. It's a movie by Arthur Penn, and it's based on Arlo Guthrie's famous counterculture song that uh, is still played on radio stations every Thanksgiving. Once a year. And uh, it's, uh, you know, anti-Vietnam War, and James Broderick, Matthew Broderick's dad, is in it. And so I'm presenting that at 1:30. I'll do the intro and then I'll I'll do a Q&A afterwards. So it's free. Discussion. It's free. It's yeah. free, free, free. I, I watched the
2: movie a couple of years ago and I I didn't really I don't think that movie has aged well. No. It's, a, it's a time not. capsule. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm
0: one of the I'm one of the only members of our group that was alive when it was I really saw it when it came
3: out.
0: Yeah. So. But you were And a I listened to it on the radio too. So you know, oh, it was in St. Louis. KXOK would play it every night at ten o'clock, and it was so. Uh, yeah, it was like because so it was like to the bathroom.
1: Probably Johnny Rabbit
0: because no, it was the Alan and I met him. It was Alan somebody and I met him at the Kishi, the, not the Casey, the KXOK reunion a couple years ago. I covered it for when I was doing the radio column in St. Louis Journalism Review. And then She used to play it too. Well She still plays yeah, it w- every Thanksgiving. It was very counterculture because it was 17 minute song, and it was like, oh my god. So uh, boom, we'll boom, talk about boom, that. We'll boom, talk about those boom, days boom, and boom, uh, what it boom, meant, and boom, uh, it has. It's tied. To to the anti-war protest it's protests. the same
1: three chords over and over yeah boom, boom, boom,
0: but um arlo boom, is on uh the arlo is going to be at the two hell in march oh, yeah. on the oh. alice's restaurant tour
1: because mm, that's uh, like still 50 years that, old
0: huh? <laughs> and he's he's been around he came to muscuda illinois and performed oh, yeah. but uh Tom, as we said
1: last week he has five hits Right. And he can play them all. And right. it's really good that one of them happens to be 17 minutes long.
0: And his dad is Woody Guthrie, so yes. he can play songs from his father's collection. And uh, the last year they did this. They did the 50th anniversary, and they had 1968 movies. And the St. Louis uh, film critics, we presented Pretty Poison. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tom... To the intro. And this year, they they did an earlier thing, but the St. Louis Library, yeah. the one that's called the Central Library on Olive, it has a beautiful screening room. Yes, it, it does. It's very nice. I,
2: I hosted a Once Upon a Time in the West, which is my all-time favorite movie, which was from 1968, last year. And then
1: you're hosting a film from I'm 1969 film this all, year.
2: Well, the lens is this Sunday, which will be the 10th. 9th, 10th, 10th. at 1.30 p.m. I'm hosting a... 50 uh, year old film the following Sunday, they shoot horses, don't they? Also at 1:30 p.m. Also it's a dance for... movie. It's it was... not a dance movie in, the, in, in <laughs> <laughs> the way you think. It's a dance marathon. Ah, uh, um, it, it it's it's more story driven than right. almost restaurant. But that's not saying a whole lot. It's got a great cast. Uh, Jane Fonda. That was her comeback from well, the from, so from the ingenue movies. movies. Well, it was it was her attempt her first attempt at drama. It was the year after Barbarella, and then she was in Barefoot in the Park. Yeah, she was in doing a lot of these lightweight comedies. And that was her first Oscar nomination. She was considered a shoe-in to win the Oscar, but then did she decided to go to North Vietnam and climb on a tank and yeah. so all the conservative members of the academy refused to vote for her, so Glenda Jackson ended up winning that Oscar. Um who else? Michael Sarrazin, who was a really hot actor for about 5 years from about 68 to 73. I think he's best known for that uh playing the Frankenstein monster in that two-part Frankenstein, the true story, which everybody over fifty remembers. That Frankenstein, the true story. Um, and he was in. Well, he was Henry Fonda's son in uh, Sometimes a Great Notion, and he was in the re-in- uh, Reincarnation of Peter Proud. But then he really kind of disappeared. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And name? well, Gig Young did win supporting actor for yeah, saying, They Shoot Horses,
2: Don't They? He day. did, and uh, in Sudan, because he, he didn't
1: war- run off to Vietnam.
2: No, but he also was murdered by his wife a few years later. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but Gig um, Young, he was also old-school Hollywood, so right. he had yeah, a... he was a Hollywood-leading man, and right. he
2: plays a really sleazy character. He plays Rocky, the announcer at this uh, dance marathon. It's based on a novel by uh, Horace McCoy that was written in 1935. Horace McCoy wrote novels about desperate people during the Depression, making him a contemporary of Steinbeck, but Horace McCoy went on to Hollywood and adapted other novels, so he only wrote four, or five, or six books. Um, and so people,
1: people yeah. have... This, this is a classic film. It is, that but it's not screened very often. It does not get a lot of love anymore.
2: Well, it, it's, it holds the record for the most number of Oscar nominations without being nominated for Best Picture. Hmm. Susanna York is in it. She plays this sort of uh, Gene <coughs> Harlow wannabe, Bleach Blonde, who is, gets, she was nominated for an Oscar as well. Bruce Dern and Bonnie Bedelia play sort of a desperate pregnant couple. Yes. Um, Grandpa Munster, Al Lewis, he... he he has a small but juicy role in the movie. It's very, it's very downbeat.
1: I, that, when I saw it, I probably saw it when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I just remembered seeing all these famous people in this movie,
2: and how it is, it is really and it's depressing. scene is <laughs> yeah. all get out. It, it sort of gives us, it gives the ending away in its title, right? If you think about it. Yeah,
0: it does. But it was one of those first movies. Uh, it was the changing of the guard. You know, it was sixty nine, uh, mm-hmm. and so it was going to usher in that uh, that seventies, that uh, antihero, the uh, the downbeat mm-hmm. stories. You know, it was the changing of Hollywood's uh, perception of a lot of things and people taking risks.
2: Yeah, and it was directed by Sidney Pollack, and I think it's Jane Fonda's best role, next to Barbarella, of course. Mm. <laughs> She's naked in that one.
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, that was after she was married to Roger Vadim. Roger Vadim directed Barbara. Yeah, and uh,
1: all here let's that. put my wife naked in this movie in the opening credits. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Vadim did that a lot. He was married to Bridget Bardot, and he was married to her, and she's married to Annette Vadim. And he always he'd always put his wife's his wives naked in his films. And Bo Derek. Oh wow! Yeah, he's
0: yeah. Them, yeah. So
2: Isn't yeah. that that's just
0: weird? Yeah. Weird. How, how much to, older was he? Used he to Walk
2: Bo Derek, and Bo Derek would get on her hands and knees and walk like a dog, and he would put a leash around her. Damn, I don't know. Yeah, there's <laughs> some weird stuff. Him do this.
0: There's some weird stuff there. Um, getting back to um, when you, we were talking about soundtracks, I forgot to mention that Last Christmas has a soundtrack, and that it's got, is got a new all George, George Michael song. songs, and there's a new one.
1: Yes. Is it a new Christmas song or is it just a new George Michael song? Just a new song. Okay. All right. Now, yeah. speaking of music, let's talk about... Did you go on Tuesday night? I did. You did go. That's why you didn't see Last Christmas... Or that's why you didn't see Dr. Sleep. Right. Because you went to the Muni Magic night where they announced the new 102nd season.
0: Yes. I think it's a mixed bag, but people seemed really thrilled by it. Um, it's uh, The the sh- first show is Chicago. Yeah. And it's only been done at the Muni three times, and it's found its uh, niche, I think, in modern culture because at the of time, Bill Condon. <laughs> well, in 1975, when it came out, the thought of uh, celebrities k- killing people, <laughs> like people being famous mm-hmm. for murder, uh, that no, was but like it, a But it won concept. Best Picture. It did when it did come out in two thousand, but and in John C. Riley can sing. Yeah, in nineteen seventy-five, when it came out as a play um, or as a musical, uh, it did come to the Muni and Cheetah Rivera, really, and and Ryan King and um, Jerry Orbach were in it. Really, and the Muni audience just didn't care. Didn't no? Didn't take to it because it was. It was ahead of its time Well
1: yeah 1975 I can't That you know And then a chorus line Prostitutes at and the,
0: Yeah At the 20 But then After the movie And everything And then uh, Mike Isaacson When he took over The Muni He said that was The number one request On the audience surveys really? So they did it So that was his first year They mm-hmm. did it And Justin Guarini From um,
1: American, American Idol.
0: Idol Played the uh, uh, Richard Gere Lawyer
2: part
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> And that's their June fifteenth to the twenty first,
2: Justin Green. Mm-hmm. I know. So and that's but the, a, but
1: the set is very sparse, so they don't. That's actually a good show to start. Yeah, because and, and, the and next two, yeah, the next two shows are very set heavy.
0: Yes, and it's going to be Mary Poppins, which was at the Muni a couple years ago. I saw that on Broadway. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Rob McClure, one of my Muni favorites, was Bert.
1: He is that is June twenty fourth through July second and that's followed by another set heavy piece. I think they're I think they're actually gonna use the same set for both shows because Sweeney Todd also was a multi level set
0: yeah well mike isaacson said now that we have the new stage he wanted to make uh, take advantage of all the bells and whistles of the new
1: stage and that's uh, july 6th through the 12th
2: and that's a muni premiere
1: sweeney todd's never been at the muni no
2: that's what everybody's excited about if you look at my yeah
1: no
0: favorite. um you uh sondheim um his let's let's discount forum okay. when i'm not counting forum um Into the Woods was the very first, basically, Sondheim show, and I'm not counting West Side Story either. I'm counting when, like, post-company Sondheim. Uh, So, uh, Into the Woods was the very first Sondheim show, which is
1: very dark.
0: Yes, and (laughs) Sunday in the Park. Well, never been at the Muni. Wow. Uh, Sweeney Todd is really dark.
1: Yes, it's about it's soil and green. It's The Soil and Green Musical.
0: Yeah, so this is interesting. We're taking a risk with this, but I think after Kinky Boots mm-hmm. and it's after be right. the it's audience
2: be a big seller. Oh, it's going to be huge. Uh Paint Your Wagon there over the summer. I think more than half of the seats were empty. Yeah, so it's going
0: to be. Were and it,
1: because this was a woke painter, painter woke wagon. Well, still,
0: I
2: don't think people knew that. I just think people no. didn't think a Western. Um, a, and if a, they had seen the original. A, or a musical about the gold rush. And, right. And the musical, I think, has sort of ruined its reputation. That is followed
1: movie. by Smokey Joe's Cafe.
0: Which is new. And they found a way uh-huh. to do this to localize it. They decided that they're going to set it in Gaslights Square. Nice. Yeah. And
1: July 14th then, through the 20th.
0: Then they showed a picture that there was really a Smokey Joe's in the Gaslight Square. Was there? Yes. So Mike Isaacson pulls it up and he goes, this is not. Photoshop. Yeah, this is real. We found this picture and it said Smokey Joe's. The Gaslight Theater I go to often for St. Louis uh, Saint Louis Actor's Studio Productions and that's right in the heart of Gar- uh, Gaslight Square, right there on Boyle.
1: And then the one with all the kids. This is the kids' show of the year. It will be Sound of Music July 23rd to the 29th. That's a no-brainer. It yeah. Will, that will sell out every night. People love that show.
2: Sounds like a great season. And no,
1: then there are two more shows. Yeah. Then oh. Gloria Estefan's On Your Feet. Yeah, Muni premiere. Oh, I didn't
0: see it, it at the Fox. I was I didn't really either. sick that night, so I had a bail. So That's, she's there? Uh, no, it's yeah. her, but it's you her know story.
1: What? Oh, I, I bet she might be. Mike yeah. would probably have her come out.
0: Well, Eric Idle came out after Spam a lot and I just was like so happy. Mm-hmm. So you never know. You never know what's yeah, the third it's, so. it's also be-
1: August first through seventh. So does well, she's from Miami, so therefore she yeah. would feel it. She'd feel that We're
0: gonna we're gonna it's called On Your Feet, so right. therefore he says everybody'll be doing the conga afterwards. But it'll be one of those feel good musicals, I have a feeling. And the
1: last show is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, August tenth through the sixteenth.
0: Um not my favorite. Um,
1: but, um, A lot of singing and dancing. I know. It's so creaky.
0: But
2: um, it's also <laughs> You realize so that
1: they sexist. can still hear, even though you're whispering, yes, they can still hear you. <laughs> I like it's, the Seven Brides,
2: but I don't care much for the Seven Brothers. Well, well, it's ballet. It's also,
1: you know, it's also an outdated mode of dating. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: I was going to say, it's so sexist. It's so nice. Not- but... If they're going to do a new book like they did with Painter Wagon and Unsinkable Molly Brown, maybe it'll be... I don't know how they can do it because it's about people living outside and hooking up because they take the women by force. Yes. See, this is why I have issues with this story. But we'll see what they do with it. And uh, people seem to love it because that just got like this huge applause. And people were like, what?
1: I think it's for nostalgia, not necessarily for the actual show. And the music. Where well,
0: was the, this announcement? It's at the Sheldon. It was at the Sheldon. Can, they they had this is the a, first time
1: they've done something like this. The no, they,
0: I've been there, the really? there? Well, yeah. they didn't
1: do the 100th that way.
0: They didn't. They had a big press conference.
1: Right, I was there.
0: yeah. That was different, but they did Muni Magic. I have seen so they bring back these Muni favorites, and they do it. And they at, sing. like, what they do in the fall is they announce the season, and as Mike Isaacson called it, the the family fall meeting, because mm-hmm. it's like it's fun to see everybody again, you know. And just, I
1: really wanted to go, but I was sleeping.
0: And then uh, in the spring, they usually have one to announce the cast, right. So that's fun because you know they do they do really. Uh, Ken
1: Page is coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, they they do a fun job with uh, seeing who's going to be the big headliners, but um, the two performers were Michaela Bennett. She <laughs> was Ella in Cinderella. She has a gorgeous voice. She came from Juilliard. Really? Yes. And she she likes
1: it here, I guess.
0: Uh, is known afro- um she does a lot of uh, concert uh, performances. Like she's done West Side Story a lot in with orchestras. Mm-hmm. She's got a beautifully trained voice. And then Jason Gauté, who was the prince in or Topher in Cinderella. Cinderella. He had a bail because he got the job as Che Che Guevara in. Evita. Evita at New York City Encores. So Alex Pracken, who's from St. Louis, who has been a Muni teen, Muni kid. He was Marius in Les Mis in 2013, and he re- was the courier in 1776 this summer. Boah. But he has uh, toured as Newsies, uh, Jack, as Jack Kelly and Newsies. And anyway, he's a Burroughs grad. People lo- he ha- is— they were
1: charming
0: together, and there was this youthful energy because they're both young. Because a lot of Good. times they have the people that are well, older. you know, the
1: girl that was, as I told you a couple weeks ago, the girl from uh, Dear Evan Hansen, the busybody girl, she was a Muni kid, and she put it in her bio in the Fox. So,
0: yeah, and uh, it was just really fun because they sang songs from the new season, songs from you know past Muni shows, and then they both. Did a couple songs of their own. Like he did Empty Chairs at Empty Tables from Lee Miz and mm-hmm. just killed it because it was because he did Marius before. And then she uh, did, they did a medley from West Side Story. And then that song from Bridges of Madison County that's a few, a one second and a million miles or whatever it's called by Jason Robert Brown. Don't that's know it. A, the, the Bridges of Madison County is not a good show per se but the music music is gorgeous and it won two Tonys for the music Jason Robert Brown so the music is so gorgeous so if you hear the music you're just like oh my god but then it's the
1: show would be great and it's not it's not a good show all right. So anyway. You realize if you whisper, they still say. I know still they can still say
0: I'm just saying it as my, <laughs> you know, as my affectation, I guess. But it looks like a really fun season for new I don't ever discount the Muni these days because they try new things mm-hmm. and they bring really committed teams together and it, you know it just you never know you never know what's going to be good. I don't
2: think anyone discounts the Muni. I think no. it's a very prestigious. It's actually. Venue and it's it's been gone around forever. And, and now that
1: Mike has taken over, it's actually gotten a lot better.
0: Oh yeah, because I'm excited to see what they do. To last year, my favorite was Kinky Boots. What was your favorite?
1: I don't know. Probably. I'd never seen Footloose before, and I really enjoyed it. I'd never seen the movie Footloose. Yeah. So I didn't think I would like enjoy the movie or the play, and I enjoyed it very much.
2: My favorite was A Paint Your Wagon. It was the only one I saw. It was also my least favorite. <laughs> it was your only favorite. All
1: right, so next week we have The Good Liar coming out there. They just put out a new trailer, which makes me curious about it. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Did you see that, Tom? I did not. I did. And? I loved it. Okay. Charlie's Angels is screening the same night as the Mr. Rogers movie. Yeah. What are you going to see? I'm seeing Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Tom? I have to cuz I, I just think I got the RSVP for Mr. Rogers. They haven't they just sent it out today. They just oh, sent it they? out today. Okay. Well, I Earthquake I Bird, Earthquake I don't know who Bird. These girls are in Charlie's Angels besides uh Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, who are these other women? Uh, well, Elizabeth Banks wrote and directed it, yeah. and Charlie's a woman.
0: Do we really need another Charlie's Angels? They no. had that McGee one. They all kind of look the same. These three and then, guys. I mean, I was around when the the original mm-hmm. thing when yeah. Kate Jackson was the smart one. Remember? Yeah, but she was the yep. she
2: was the prettiest one. Was the- Beautiful
0: My brother loved Jacqueline Smith. Far- he had Far- 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 her poster, was a super beautiful one. Yeah. And now he only he had- shops at Kmart.
3: Yeah,
2: my, my, uh,
0: yeah, my uh, brother had Jacqueline Smith's poster up. Not Ferris. Ferris was
2: the famous poster. I'm
1: with the, the hard nipple. Yes. <laughs> She did.
2: She was topless <laughs> in Saturn 13, about two years after she quit. That. And then she married Lee Majors, who must have just been. that's oh, no, she that's what... Lee Majors.
1: Yeah, oh. she was Farrah Fawcett Majors. Yeah, yeah. that was before. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she must have just she been. Read, she was with like, uh, Ryan O'Neill Yeah. He, mm-hmm. uh,
2: Lee Majors just must have been.
1: Remember, right before she died, she did that naked painting thing.
2: Yes, I do. And it was in, was that in Playboy even.
1: Yes, I think yeah, so, too.
2: Think so. Yeah. Oh, she was a beautiful,
0: beautiful. And then, yeah, she was with Ryan O'Neill for a long time. They had a son that they named after his character in Barry Lyndon. Oh, yeah. Because that was his only prestigious film mm. of his lengthy career. He started out on... Well, pay- paper, paper Moon is really a great film. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. He started out on Peyton Place with Mia Farrow. hmm He's
2: a couple of shows. There's a show called Empire with Richard Egan.
0: And then his big break was
1: Love Story. Oh yeah. Yep. Love means never having to, you know, live with Al Gore.
0: And fun fact: Tommy Lee Jones played his roommate in Love Story.
2: Yeah,
1: because they were roommates.
3: Because Tommy Lee Jones was, was
1: an roommate Al with Gore? Al Gore. Yes.
2: I think Tommy Lee Jones knew the guy who wrote the novel, Eric. St- Eric that? Siegel. Siegel. I think Jones knew that guy.
0: Every high school girl, uh, when I was in high school, Wanted we all read Alie that and book, and we all bought those little hats that Allie McGraw wore, the little knit caps, Hmm. we all idolized her.
1: Why? Because you wanted to die? No, it was just, (laughs) you
0: know, it was just like, what was the thing that, you know, just like when the teens love like Titanic and they loved what's, you have daughters, what was the last big romantic film the girls just Love My
1: time. daughter's not into that. Yeah,
2: my daughter's, I don't know if, daughter, if young girls do that, you know, pop culture. There's so much to choose from now. Right. It's just this one yeah, my, thing that they all gravitate towards like they used to. In,
1: my daughter was. would be into whatever manga thing was out 25 years ago yeah
0: right. see we were just different because we didn't have that much <laughs> stuff and, that, and then uh what else is going on next that's week? it
2: that's uh, that's everything for Ellen next McGraw week was married to steve mcqueen and oh. she left robert evans for him and robert evans just died last week
0: that's right it all and ties
1: together and oh then, yeah because
0: uh, they made the getaway together the first getaway the puncher puncher oh, and steve mcqueen two movies
1: on netflix earthquake bird and klaus
0: yeah, what is that about? I don't
1: this is animated. Has
2: an animated anybody Christmas seen? I think it's going to be playing theaters. Oh, okay. For a week or two.
0: Has anybody seen
1: the King with Timothy Chalamet?
0: That just opened on Netflix only. No, no theater
3: release? release. It's
1: it it is basically, it's basically Shakespeare's Henry V, parts one, two, and three, edited together, and it is yeah. Oh, see, you can't see Lynn's face. She's not yeah. whispering this time. <laughs> but it's not. But I don't think William Shakespeare gets a credit for it. But I think it's basically Shakespeare's plays about Henry the Fifth or mm. something. Okay. It doesn't matter.
2: Well, Tim well, is in um, Little Women.
1: Yes, which I is coming out. Which is
0: Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I want to hear a
2: couple more about some of these interviews. I do. Yes, who else? Yes, who else yes, are you yes. talking to? All right. Well, I did. A, like I said, I did a whole bunch of interviews for St. Louis International Film Festival. Last night, I put up my interview with Davey Rothbart. Lynn and I are on the jury, and that his film Seventeen Blocks was part of uh, part of that. Um, Is that Jill the Chadwick Boseman? Oh no. No, no That's no, Twenty One that Blocks. No, all, that was a documentary. Yeah, it's. It's about this, uh, these, it's this poor back family. It was filmed over 20 years, and they live 17 blocks from the Capitol building. Yeah. And it's, it's very th- dramatic. It's
0: very dramatic, and it's about gun violence and drugs and yeah. this family trying to overcome their situation. Yeah.
2: And there's a death. And this, this Davey Rothbart,
0: the director that he interviewed, yeah. is going to be at tomorrow night. At uh, I mean, Museum. Saturday is the free movie, 7 yeah. p.m. at the History Museum, yeah. and then the, the director, Davey
2: Rothbart, is going to be there. Mm-hmm.
1: And Tom yeah. already talked to him. Yeah, and I, yeah.
2: Put, you can look, read my review. I just put one on We Are Movie Geeks last night. There are two uh, documentaries about record stores at this year's. Really, oh. one we saw. It was called the new, no, the other music, and that's about a a, a, mu- a record store that's right across the street from Virgin Records in, in New York City, and it's it's actually going out of business. This, the other one is much better, frankly. The other one is called Dusty Groove, and it's about a a record store in Chicago, and it follows the guy who owns the store, and he gets all these calls. He's an expert on jazz and soul music, so he gets these calls from people with collections. So this documentarian who I interviewed, her name is Daniel Beverly, she just follows him on these excursions to these people's houses. So he's going through their storerooms, and... And their basements and It's like
1: American Pickers.
2: Yeah, kind of, I guess. But he's but, you know, he's pulling all the stuff out and he's talking about jazz and he's talking about about these rare albums and it's a very very well done documentary. And what so happens
1: I, if these people have amazing albums that have kept them in horrible condition?
2: I don't think that's a, a I don't think that happens in this film. Okay. But I I, I see what you mean. I mean, there are some scenes where he's going through albums and some are, you know, he's got the very good box. You know, he has to go through them and Mm -hmm. then he cleans them. And it's really interesting. I bet my interview with Danielle Beverly, the director of that, uh, went on We Are Movie Geeks. And I think she's speaking tomorrow afternoon at maybe 3 o'clock or something like that or 5 o'clock at the um, stage at KDHX. Okay. Go to uh, cinema louis dot org, and you can see the schedule. Of There's so much to choose from; it's just it's just a little overwhelming. Of all of the
1: people that you talked to this year, mm-hmm. who is your favorite that has not come out yet?
2: That has not come out yet. Yes. Um. Well, I, I interviewed. Well, I, I liked I liked all these people. There was another, none of them I didn't like. But um, <laughs> and you I wouldn't would say, tell us you know, if you Cody did. Cody Stokes, who's a St. Louis guy, and he yeah, directed the Ghost Who Walks yeah. first. Um. The Filmmaker Showcase over the summer. Really neat, tough, fast-paced, little crime movie. And he he does a really interesting job of filming in St. Louis. He films the whole thing in, you know, sort of rundown parts of North St. Louis and then downtown St. Louis. But he doesn't, it doesn't identify itself as a movie shot in St. Louis. I know when Jack Snyder makes his films in St. Louis, there's always like a dozen establishing shots of the arch. You could do like a drinking game every time you drink. (laughs) see the arch, you take a shot and you'd be drunk. But um, just like Roger
1: Ebert says, every shot of Paris has yeah. to have, no matter where you are in Paris, yeah. you have to have the, the, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, Tower. Yeah, but Cody, Cody sort of disguised
2: St. Louis quite well and his movie's terrific and we gave it best film for the Filmmaker he Showcase did. over the summer. So I interviewed him, That'll, that interview will go up. Most of these will go up uh, sometime the first part of next week.
1: When their movies are about uh, to show.
2: Yeah, and there's a couple good true crime true crime uh, stories. There's one called Between the Cracks or Through the Cracks rather about a really horrific crime that I remember over in Valley Park where this little six-year-old was kidnapped and raped and murdered. Ew. Oh
0: my God! I was at the post when that happened. And I helped oh. work on that story that day. Yeah, it was breaking. Jimmy up. Johnson
2: was... was the perp.
0: Yes, and it was—he was staying with the family.
2: Yeah, yeah, It's they, horrible. But he had mental illness and he was off his meds. And and the whole film is like he sh- the film is basically should have you have gotten the death penalty. A lot of people think yeah his crime was horrible, but the mental illness should have right. precluded him from the death penalty and apparently when they showed it at the filmmakers the q a after was really heated well, really uh, well
0: ben shawl um who teaches yeah that's he he directed it yeah, i've got an interview he with him coming up next
2: yes. week uh but a bunch more much more but anyway. well, go to we are and movie geeks and you'll see we are it all time. and there's also reviews i've got uh, three or four people reviewing movies for sliff and
0: uh, dot org has the list of the whole schedule, mm-hmm. and there's like 64 free events. Yeah, wow! So I would take advantage of the free yeah. events, yeah. Well, I take
2: advantage of the free beer.
1: That was last night. Yep, and there will be one, I believe, Saturday. I think there's a party Saturday night. Yes, yes, that, that's we, a good That part. we will all be at yeah and uh, that's th- next week yes yeah
2: that's the that,
0: 16th. 16th
1: and i have a hockey game i will meet you people there after um, the hockey game
0: i'll have a trivia night so i will be coming after that but it doesn't really get started till about yeah.
1: a, two o'clock in the no, morning well no <laughs> yeah, but that'll be fun ten ten it'll,
0: it'll be fun to be with you carl because i'm be. always with with the, the movie geeks and everybody it's always fun yeah, it'll but it'll be, be fun to see you there
1: i will be there mm-hmm. all right all right well Tom, thank you for All coming right. in. Sure, anytime. Plug your uh, site again. Okay, we are movie
0: And Lynn? TimesNewspapers.com. That's uh, Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. And uh I am on KTRS every Thursday every night. Thursday night with, night with Jay, Jay Kanzler and Ray Hartman. And uh and then we're here every week. And our podcast can be found on stl.com on SoundCloud. Dot com and also our Facebook page.
1: And next week will be our 40th episode.
0: Isn't that cool?
1: Yes. And I'm Carl Middleman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore CarlTheIntern and on various radio stations around the times of St. Louis. Uh, whatever I said.
0: And I'm Lynn Venhaus. And it was a pleasure to have you in, Tom Stockman. Thank you. It's
2: a pleasure to be here.
0: So have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you at the movies. Bye. Bye.